This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm hoping the Big Ten has to modify their system for us. <laughs> Probably like getting grade 10 sandpaper rubbed on your face every day. I mean, we say it all the time, whether, you know, there's two types of turds, you're a sinker or you're a floater, but you're still a turd, right? I mean, um, we're, we're, we are about players and players playing the plays and not necessarily the plays. Welcome to the Varsity Club podcast. My name is Derek Peterson. I'm very excited to welcome our guest this week. She's a 32-win coach at South Dakota. She's now building something very unique at Nebraska. I have with us this week the head coach for the Husker women's basketball team, Amy Williams. Amy, thank you for coming on our podcast. First time we've had a coach on the podcast. How are you? I'm doing good, Derek. Uh, it's nice to be on with you, and I appreciate you having me. What Everybody has a, uh, a quarantine recipe that they have found that they love. Do you have a, a recipe that that you've uh, that you've started making every week or that's been a request every week. My, my wife found these non-pizza things. She's been making those and I'm like, oh, we have to have that every week. Have you found yourself a quarantine recipe? Well, I did try a new recipe for shrimp tacos that was a big hit in our house. So uh, we've kind of worked that into the regular routine, but I'll tell you, my husband do, does a lot of the cooking in our house and he's, he's just absolutely a master. He's really, really good on the smoker. And, and so I, um, my requests are usually for his recipes. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah smoker is perfect this time of year. Yeah, he's really good with that. And um, his mom is an amazing cook. And so he's, he's picked up some really good recipes from her. And um, so we, I uh, refer to him a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It, if we can, Amy, I want to start on a topic that goes beyond the realm of sports. Um, on May 25th, while in police custody, George Floyd was killed um, in Minneapolis and the days since communities around the country have kind of risen up to say enough. Um, coaches and administrators at Nebraska have been sharing their thoughts in recent days and, and you were among them. And, and I thought what you wrote was really, really powerful. Um, Coach, your husband, Lloyd, like he's a, a black man and you have two daughters. Um, first of all, how are you? How is your family right now? Yeah, I mean, our family is doing doing well. It's um, really helped just to be able to have open lines of communication. I think to uh, talk through things sometimes it's it's difficult and hard to have those conversations. Hard to hear um, questions from you know your ten year old um, that um, are very very difficult to answer. But I think um, it's been helpful and healing just to be able to kind of lean on each other and keep those open lines of communication. Um, that that can kind of bring us more together. Have you had a chance to have any kind of conversation with maybe your team, your players, or your coaches, or um, maybe coaches within the athletic department kind of having a conversation about what's going on right now? Yeah, um, I have. Uh, we, we've talked uh, as, a, as a staff, kind of an extended staff, um, 
in women's basketball uh, with all of our performance staff, you know, including, you know, just our sports psychologists, but also, you know, staff members that work with our team in the NAPL and um, just our nutritionists and different, you know, all of our extended staff, we've been able to have some really heart wrenching and just um, deep conversations about that, um, which has been very healing and educating, I think, for everybody. Um, our team uh, is kind of in the process right now of coming back to uh, Nebraska and, and uh, because we have such a wide arrangement of travel schedules over this past weekend and through, throughout this week, um, we're, we kind of have a delay on a team meeting, but I've had the opportunity to have um, in-depth discussions with several of my uh, players individually and um, former players and other coaches within the athletic department. And um, I think all of those conversations have been just really helpful uh, to be able to understand just um, kind of the thoughts and emotions that everybody's feeling at this time. And I think right now that understanding and taking the time to really listen is, um, is probably the best thing we can do. For anybody that's listening to this, it'll be the weekend by the time you're listening to this, Amy and I are recording on a a Tuesday, Tuesday morning. Um, have your players are getting back to campus, Amy, right now that they, they were able to start coming back on June 1st. Was there, has everybody been able to make it back safely? Is it kind of being, um, I guess, spaced out? Or, I know you have a couple women from Australia, um, Ruby Porter and, and Izzy Bourne. Have they been able to make it back yet? They have not made it back yet. And um, okay. right now we are um, we're just kind of staggering our arrival times this week because our, our summer session doesn't actually begin until next Monday. So um, although we have some returning players who uh, have been in town that have gone through um, the process, um, all of the quarantining process and, and everything that's required in our uh, return to campus protocol, uh, we have a few that are um, able to go in and use the facilities as of yesterday. And that um, will just continue to grow as we get some of our new kids into town and as they go through the quarantine process and the testing process, and then they are able to go through the rest of their medical um, physicals and clearances that they need in order to uh, be actively working out even on a voluntary basis. But uh, most important thing is to try to get everybody all settled um, in time to get off to a great start in the classroom uh, on Monday, which is when their summer classes begin. And, um, you know, Izzy uh, Bourne, she will be joining us um, sometime soon. Uh, Ruby Porter is um, a little different because as an incoming athlete getting an I-20 issued right now, it's, it's kind of all been pushed off to fall semester. And um, okay. so uh, she'll be maybe a little more delayed, but we expect her to be uh, sometime in mid to late July that we'll be able to, to get her into Lincoln. Okay. With um, yeah, obviously safety protocols that Nebraska has been putting in place for workouts and things like that. What are you guys expecting the, the schedule to look like for you specifically over the next, over the, or over the coming months? Yeah. I mean, we've just had to really be adaptable in that area because um, normally we love to plan. We're, we're kind of uh, creatures of habit, wanting to have schedules mapped out, have, have calendars, have a, have a pretty stringent plan of attack on, um, on, on, 
you know, what that's going to look like, but it always changes, you know, and every, every day, every week, it seems like things are changing. We'll get a little more information than, you know, something can happen mm -hmm. to adjust that. And so um, we know that for the month of June, that um, just getting our kids um, through all of the medical clearances through, you know, kind of the adjustment academically to, you know, getting into and getting off to a great start in their summer classes. That's a huge priority here in June and just um, being able to get them back into um, the weight room and, and um, into our facilities with the ball in their hands. And uh, I think that's something that um, we are we are just excited to kind of work through some of the kinks through the month of, month of June with the hopes mm -hmm. that maybe by the time July comes that our coaching staff will be able to do um, more organized uh, activities with our, uh, with our team. We, we don't know that to be certain at this time. We'll have to kind of wait and see, but that's our, that's our hope. Yeah. Bill Moose said on the radio a week or so ago um, that the football team would be limited to groups of 10 people working out at any given time. Um, and, and that would include a supervisor or a coach or someone like that, um, with like a 150 person roster that, that makes things difficult. But I think even too, with, with a basketball roster, like that makes things difficult. If you can only have 10 people at a time, if you include supervisors there, you can't go, you know, you can't have a five on five session. Um, it, it, are, is that going to be the case for you guys as well? Are you going to have are you going to have that 10 person limit? And if so, kind of, how is that going to affect team chemistry? How is that going to affect you in other ways when you finally are able to start yeah, working I think with the kids? Yeah, I think right now for us, Derek, it's not um, a super concern because, you know, for us, uh, and I'm very, very blessed and fortunate to have all the resources and, and um, support people available to our program at Nebraska, uh, but we've spent a lot of time talking with our staff at the NAPL, our strength and conditioning coach, our athletic trainer, kind of our extended performance staff team about understanding that um, we need to really ease these young ladies back into um, activity and being very smart about that. You know, um, Dr. Chris Bach, who's the director of the NAPL had said, you know, coach Williams, um, we're not going to get them back, you know, after months off of not playing and just the, um, the rigors of even just playing basketball, playing pickup that the, the pressures and things that puts on joints and ligaments. And, you know, we're not going to get all of that back in one month, but we could very easily in that one month, take a huge step backwards if we try to do too much too fast and um, so I think from our standpoint it's not super concerning we could split our our group you know we into two different groups and have them come in and you know lift and be in the gym and then flip-flop and you know at this point I think being able to uh, work more on skill development and really spend time ball handling shooting doing some things that are not necessarily having to be five on five is probably productive for our kids as we're working to back into it. Okay. And use protocol for keeping student athletes safe and um, you know, what to do in situations X, Y, and Z that's kind of been well documented already. We've had a couple of stories about, you know, what happens here and there. And um, so is the world Herald and the journal star. One question that I still have though, what's the plan. And maybe this, maybe this hasn't been answered yet. Um, I know, like this weekend, um, you guys are getting kind of a, a playbook for how to go forward. I, 
what's the plan if someone tests positive whenever you have a team, the team back and workouts have begun or whenever you get into the season? Like, is ha, has that been mapped out yet? Is there a plan for if somebody tests positive when they're here and they're around everybody else? Yeah, um, there definitely is a protocol for that. And fortunately, we have um, medical professionals in our athletic department that can kind of help us um, monitor and mandate all of the details of that. But, you know, one thing I know for sure is they would uh, be quarantined as well as um, the uh, roommates that um, they they live with and um, they would immediately um cease uh, to use the facilities and come in contact with anybody else um, within the athletic department and be quarantined until we can monitor the health and well-being of that particular student athlete and um, their roommates. One more question before we talk a little bit more basketball specific. Kate Kane told me she drove with her mom from New York to Lincoln this summer. Did you hear about this drive? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. sounds terrible. Yes, yes, they did. They drove um, to be able to to move Kate mm -hmm. um, into kind of a new off-campus housing location, um, and really, we're planning to potentially stay for a day or so, so Kate could um, could work on some academic stuff. But uh, then she recognized that she she no longer had the Wi-Fi um, in, her, in her apartment. And so they pretty much drove and moved her stuff and turned around, got in the car and went right back um, home. So it's a lot of traveling in a very short amount of time. Yeah, I, I told her about a time when I was in school where we drove from Oklahoma to Florida to go to Disney World one time. And it, was, it wasn't quite as long as her New York to Nebraska drive, but it was I think it was 18 hours, if I remember, and we did it in one day and we regretted it. So I can't imagine. That's wild. It's pretty crazy, yes. Um, we've had a lot of, a couple situations like that as uh, Ashley Scoggin, um, one of our new players coming from um, Oregon, and she lives, you know, really far west Oregon, almost 45 minutes from the coast. And um, she drove like 12, 13 hours one day um, to Salt Lake City and then kind of throughout the night and morning moved all of the stuff out of an apartment that she lived in for three years there at Salt Lake Community College, moved all of that into, you know, out of her apartment and then got in the car immediately after that and drove the remaining 12, 13 hours into Lincoln, Nebraska. So wow. um, that was a really hectic, hectic time uh, traveling as well for her. So um, lots of lots of road tripping for, for Husker women's basketball players. Yeah, it sounds like it. Um, okay, basketball talk. The offseason was an eventful one for you guys, um, and I want to get to some of the additions in a minute. Um, but maybe the most important, quote-unquote, addition that you guys could be getting this upcoming season is a healthy Taylor Kissinger. Um, for anyone that's unclear listening to this, Taylor had a, a hip issue that was biting in the preseason um, last year, then a concussion to begin the year. And in January, she had season-ending hip surgery. Um, how is Taylor? Yeah, Taylor's been uh, good. She's been working incredibly hard uh, to just rehab. You're just very, very committed to her, her rehab and doing everything the right way and um, got very good 
um, uh, reports from her doctor when she was able to kind of have her follow-up. And so we're um, just very excited to, um, to continue to ease her back to, to getting um, more cleared for participation. She gonna get that year back from last year? Um, yes, I would think uh, so. So she falls into all of the um, all of the guidelines and and really only played in like five ball games last mm -hmm. year before um, having season ending surgery. So I would be uh, stunned if that uh, was not the ruling eventually when when we apply for that. Okay. You guys added three um, transfers in this last cycle. Maybe not so much what each of them specifically and individually brings to the table, but what, what's kind of the, the best way that you would describe that group overall? Yeah. And, and really, to be honest, it's, it's three um, division one transfers, one of those being a grad transfer and then a junior college transfer. So in addition to that, so it's, it's kind of technically four transfers. I don't know if you consider that um, the junior college transfer, it's not um, yep. coming from Ashley. a division one, but yes, um, we, we have the four, the four transfers. And I would say overall um, in that group, we were able to um, just address a lot of needs for our team, just with um, some energy players, some definitely kind of um, want to, you know, very motivated kids that want to play hard on both ends of the ball, both sides of the ball, both um, offensively and defensively. And, and we feel like, you know, Bella Cravens were very excited just to be able to add, you know, somebody who, uh, who led her league in rebounding has an ability to kind of go out of her area to to get rebounds and um, you know that's something that we really wanted to be able to address with the additions that we brought in and um, so we're we're excited about what Bella can can bring to the table in that area as well and and think she's really just scratched the surface of um, what she's capable of. It kind of seems like you guys have had um, a fire to begin each of the last couple seasons. And last year it was, you know, there were a lot of close ball games that you'd lost the previous year and um, you were wanting to kind of make amends for that. And this year you're going to have some new, some new girls on the team, but I guess, what do you expect the, the mindset to be considering how this past season ended? I mean, it, you guys didn't even get a, a chance to play for a postseason. I mean, you got the big 10 tournament in, but um, it was kind of like there wasn't even that opportunity there. Do you expect there to be kind of, even though it's a newer team, a, a similar kind of fire or a drive from the, this group? Yeah, I think so. I mean, we do expect that. I think that this particular team, there's there's enough like um, new faces that it's created just kind of an excitement um, uh, from our returning players just to kind of feel like there's like new new energy um, and I think that um, the new players are just excited to come and make their mark they're they're very um, uh, appreciative of the opportunity to put on a Husker uniform and they're just excited to be able to come in and make their mark and I think there's just kind of a energy that goes along with that that we have um, have sensed and we're excited to kind of build on um, so I feel really good about that. I think that, you know, it was disappointing to not have the opportunity to play postseason uh, just because uh, one of the most challenging things, and, and I've learned this kind of just uh, throughout my career, I, um, you know, the year that 
um, our coaching staff was able to take our team to the uh, to the WNIT championship is the biggest challenge that has to happen to do something like that and make a run like that is you have to first get over the disappointment of not making your initial goal, which is the NCAA tournament. And um, something that our team here at Nebraska this past year spent a lot of time really kind of discussing and and a time we've spent a lot of time talking about that and, and uh, preparing for that. And I think that the group was really um, bought in and focused on uh, how making a run, even in um, the WNIT tournament could really help our program and, and help the future and, and make a mark. And there were a lot of um, very excited and motivated practices that we're having um, that were happening uh, when we found out that we would not have that opportunity. So that was a disappointment, but I think um, just after now a couple of months of uncertainty and, and all the things that are going on um, outside of the basketball realm, I think it's just um, uh, allowed a avenue for our kids to really want to focus and lock in on just um, bringing a, a group with a lot of new faces together and find a way to um, make a run. What's an area you feel like you guys did well in last year, the strength of, of your team last year that you feel like can carry into the 2021 or 2020, 2021 season? Well, I think, you know, one thing that we're proud of is that we continue to fight, fight all the way till the end, no matter what we want that to be kind of a staple for our program is just, uh, it didn't matter if, you know, we were, uh, late in the season and we were playing the number one team in Northwestern who was, you know, playing for, you know, we were, um, you know, fighting and scratching and clawing all the way to the very end. And I think that's something that we want to be known for is that, you know, we are going to have that kind of uh, mentality to uh, be the team and that's going to fight till, you know, from the tip off till the final buzzer. And um, I think we were able to uh, accomplish that even though um, there were there were some you know discouraging moments just after um, Taylor Kissinger went out with that hip injury and just kind of having to overcome some of the adversity that was um, that was kind of facing our team I think that uh, we continued to fight and that's something that we're very proud of. What will a senior Kate Kane look like for you? That's such a good question, you know, because we haven't been able to um, <clears throat> work with Kate at all or see anything about um, what's what, you know, we haven't had um, that ability to, I don't know, say be hands-on um, mm -hmm. with Kate now for um, for several months. And, and so I think, or, or a couple months at least. And so it's, um, you know, I think when I talk to Kate and in our conversations, she's extremely motivated. Uh, Kate Kane, I think she's really showed a lot of maturity. She's gained um, some confidence. I think she just really is heading into her senior campaign, just uh, very, very motivated to make this um, her best yet. And I think that um, she's pretty, pretty good at, you know, being able to accomplish the things that she puts her mind to when she's feeling confident and she's feeling um, uh, motivated. So I feel like, you know, we, we can expect just a great senior year from her. 
um, it'd be nice if we'd, we've had some chance to kind of see how she's looking and, and how things are going um, on the basketball court. But um, we're hoping to, to have that here in the next coming months. I guess I probably should have asked you this earlier, but ha- were you able to send any kind of like workout routine or like a loose structure for what your lady should be doing? Were you able to get like, hey, work on X, Y, and Z? Were you able to get that out to your team at all? Yes, yes. We could send um, any kind of voluntary workouts from our strength and conditioning coach of things that, you know, were ideas of drills and, and work that they could be doing kind of um, outside of the weight room, you know, just mm-hmm. to just stay physically where they wanted to be, um, some conditioning type of agility type of suggested workouts, as well as um, any suggested basketball skill workouts that if they could find a basket uh, anywhere to be able to down at the park or, or anywhere to be able to access just to, you know, work on finishes at the rim and footwork drills and, you know, different things. So absolutely. We've been able to, you know, send that stuff out and, um, you know, their accessibility to, to hoops, baskets, you know, basketballs, you know, weight equipment is, you know, is, is very kind of um, sporadic, but mm-hmm. I, I think that every one of our, players has done some sort of uh, basketball activity in the time that we've been off and uh, but regardless of what they've been doing it's probably not the same as it would have been in normal circumstances so we just have to kind of understand that and keep that in mind and be able to um, to ease back into things in a smart and um, planned out fashion can i give you a suggestion yes zoom based yoga my company is doing it Okay. And it is an excellent team building activity. I, I am not good at yoga. I'm not flexible, but it is a, a good team building activity. So I've been told. Okay. Zoom-based yoga. So, and we, we do believe in yoga. I know that um, we, our strength and conditioning coach has, has in the past, uh, Stuart Hart has, has brought in um, yoga instructor to be able to work with our team at times and just we understand the value of that for sure our athletic department has uh, yoga available through our sports psych department kind of as a um as a kind of a mindfulness training as well and and so um we'll have to we'll have to give that a shot yeah go for it it's uh my so my father-in-law um now swears by yoga when a few years ago, as the story goes, he like couldn't bend over and touch his toes. So it's, uh, it's something that I feel like I should get into to get into a little bit of a, of a, a healthier lifestyle, but it's something that I just can't, I'm just, I, I just feel like my limbs don't bend that way. So. <laughs> Not when you get started, Derek, but just yeah. stay with it. It's, it's a process. It's a, what is it? It's a marathon, not a sprint. That's right. That's right. What about Sam? What kind of what kind of step forward do you think Sam Hybe can take now? She she had a, a year to um, where, where it seemed like she really appreciated all of the um, the the mentorship that she got from from Hannah Whitish, and now Sam Hybe has a chance to um, kind of maybe be one of the the central figures for your team. What what are your thoughts on her and and where she can grow and what she can do in in this this season? Well, I think Sam proved to herself um, this past year that she has 
um, the skills and abilities to be able to to really um, step up and and flourish in the Big Ten Conference and and in the challenging you know uh, rigors of a schedule like that. But um, what I think the biggest and most important thing for Sam is to get herself healthy. Um, this past year, you know, kind of she had a nagging injury that just um, was. You know, she played through for pretty much the entire season and just by the end of the year, you could just kind of feel it um, weighing on her a little bit. And so I think the last um, couple of months to try to really kind of get her back to feeling 100% has probably been as positive as anything that Sam could, um, could have had happen for her. And now just, um, you know... Expecting Sam to step step up in more of a leadership role and being able to, um, you know, I think she now, you know, knows the and understands the value of every possession and um, <clears throat> how critical um, that can be. Um, so I think you know we'll rely on her to be able to kind of help equate that to the rest of her team. I got one more question for you, and I'm not sure if you'll have an answer or where you guys are are at, but. I do want to ask for your scheduling for this upcoming season, for the non-conference schedule. Is there anything that's been finalized or close to finalized or worked out that you can say right now about where you guys are out there? Um, well, the scheduling this year is just kind of a unique process. I mean, under normal circumstances, we would have the non-conference schedule um, completely solidified and, and, <clears throat> ready to go, but uh, there's just been a few unique kind of um, things that have come up um, that, you know, obviously the announcement the other day that our uh, academic calendar will be pre pressed up and um, just trying to look at, you know, can we feasibly continue to play those games, which uh, we had scheduled that will now be in our finals week, you know, or our new finals week and, mm -hmm. um, you know, kind of some things that are um, making us look to see if we need to make some adjustments to our schedule. And um, uh, as of right now that we haven't had any, um, any changes from the big 10 conference about the, you know, that, um, that this will need to change in your non-conference schedule moving forward or anything like that. I know that, you know, some of the other sports have really addressed non-conference scheduling and uh, postseason tournaments and just some changes that are maybe on the docket for this upcoming season. But um, right now um, we're kind of operating business as usual on our non-conference schedule as far as number of games, but we're just trying to see if we can't make some minor adjustments to uh, to adjust to the change in academic calendar and, um, you know, the fact that um, the Big Ten has scheduled a couple of early conference games for, for us this year. So um, those are some things that will be unique um, depending on how things kind of pan out here. Yeah, it's one of those things that even I, even I overlooked it initially when I was thinking about scheduling, because like, if you, if you think about football, I mean, they're really cut and dry. They have three non-conference games and, and sometimes all of them are at home. And then they, you know, they have these set games that they go to every year, but in, in basketball, both men's and women's, you guys have like a mid season tournament, so to speak, where you'll get eight teams or four teams that, that travel to a central location. And, and, and I, I'm sure um, those are all conversations that, that you guys are having to have on the fly and, and figure out where you're going to go with those. So um, right. I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's uh, stressful and, and yeah. 
exciting at the same time, probably. Yes, it's just, um, it is, uh, you know, I like, I'm kind of a planner. I like to have things um, planned out and that's not really been possible right now. So it's been good uh, to challenge me to kind of be able to uh, be able to be adaptable and, and uh, to be able to adjust on the fly. And um, I think that we're going to have to be willing to be that way with scheduling this year as well. Yeah. Well, Amy, I'm, sh I'm sure you have more important things that you have to do. So I will, uh, I will not take up any, any more of your time than I need to. So I'll let you get to it. Um, thank you for, for joining our podcast. Thank you for giving us some time and, and talking to us. Yeah, Derek, no problem. It was um, good to spend some time here with you this morning and all the best to you and your wife. Yeah, same, same to you and your family. Hopefully, every, I hope everybody's able to get back and, and make it back with, with no hitches to the travel plans and you guys are able to, to get back on the court soon and, and get working. Thanks so much, Derek.